Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. But before that, there have been more incidents of violence towards referees in GAA games. Um, further incidents over the weekend. There were issues in Mayo and Kerry and Wexford. They're all being looked into. And sure, here on the programme, only earlier this month, we were talking about another incident in Mayo as well. But the Wexford GAA chairman, Michal Martin, he's now said that the lack of respect for authority in the GAA has actually hit crisis point. And I wonder, is he right or what should be done considering, like this now seems to be something that we talk about on a monthly basis, at a minimum, here certainly on the show. 53106 if you want to join us. Martin Quilty is a GAA and Camogie ref and he's with us on the programme today. Martin, is the Wexford chairman, Michal Martin, right? Like, has the lack of respect within the association, has it hit crisis point? Uh, to be honest with you, Andrea, I would have said no um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but with the, the happenings that have been going on in the last number of weeks, especially last weekend that you have three instances in the same weekend happening in different counties. Uh, I think Michal is spot on. Um, I think there's... No, we can't put every club into this either. I mean, there's only a minority of uh, people that this is happening to, but it's happening far too often. And it goes back to the same old uh, story because uh, we run a local podcast here in Kilkenny for Camogie as well, and we've been talking about this issue 12 months ago, we said we'd be talking about the issue the following 12 months and we actually only recorded our latest one last night where we said that we'll probably be discussing this again in a couple of weeks' time because unless somebody grabs the bull by the horns and starts to do something and takes things seriously, we're going to be discussing this week in, week out that there's an incident after happening, whether it be in Wexford or Kilkenny or Mm. Dublin or wherever it is. Um, And unless somebody takes responsibility to do something about it, I think he's right and it's going to get worse. So who should take responsibility and why hasn't it happened already then if it's so common, Martin? Uh, I suppose the the organisation itself, Andrea, needs to come down heavily um, on aggressors. Um, That's people who either verbally abuse match referees or opposing players because we've seen it happening at underage games lately as well. This is what sets off an awful lot of this reaction that you have parents on the sideline that might be saying something to their little Johnny or Mary and the next thing the other parents are getting involved and then you have altercations on the sideline which doesn't help matters either but like I mean you take the case in Mayo there's the gentleman got a proposed 96 week ban mm. Um, I mean he appealed that 96 week ban and we haven't heard any further more about it but like there's also personal responsibility on people as well that if you do something um, and you know you're in the wrong about it, well then why suddenly try and get away with it? I know you're entitled to an appeal, but like it sets out the the wrong message to people. It sends out the wrong message to young kids that's watching this going on and, you know, they see people or referees getting hit or pushed or whatever it is. But I think the GA needs to clamp down stronger on aggressors. They need to be more more harsher punishments put out um, on people and people need to take personal responsibility yeah. as well for their actions. But is that not a question then for the Appeals Committee? Because absolutely, as would be the case, you know, in, in any instance, um, people are, might feel that their their punishment was too harsh and they're, they're entitled to have that re-looked at. But it's those that overturn or quash the, you know, I don't want to say the sentence, but the ban or whatever you want to call it, you know, the the, the ban that's been handed down. Is that not where there's an issue? 
Like how have these things been well, overturned? I, yeah, I totally agree with you. I suppose I sit on both fences as well. I mean, I am a referee. I also sit on our county executive as well. I am an executive member. So I can see the issues as well. And I mean, when reporting is done, you basically nearly have to be a solicitor or a lawyer that everything has to be spot on, that if there's a word missing here or there's not a, a T crossed or an I dotted here, people are looking for easy ways and technicalities out on match reports or the way something was sent in by email or whether you can do things through Zoom and it's not applicable anymore. Like people will always try, Andrea, to get out mm. of things if they can and they'll find okay. any kind of a technicality. The same as if you go to a court, you know yourself, that you know the solicitors are there trying to go through all the evidence and yeah. pick and knit yeah. every Oh, I know, sure, the guard wasn't wearing off. the hat or something, like it'd be exactly. this kind of stuff, yeah. You know, so it's, it's the very same way and I suppose to be fair to the lads that are doing it, they are only volunteers, but yeah. they have guidelines that they have to go through as well and they have to abide by them guidelines and if something is wrong well then they have to deal with it but we need to get to the tougher sanctions for something like that because if someone is assaulted like Michael Lanigan was allegedly below in Wexford last weekend I mean that shouldn't even be going before a GAA committee I mean if you've done it out in the street and you hit someone the guards are going to be getting involved in it and it came up last night as well and we're not really overreacting in this because if you take a one punch hit on someone is it going to take someone to get a hit, to fall on the ground awkwardly, hit their head, and the next thing they end up dying with it before something seriously is going to happen? Yeah. Because okay. you know yourself, I'm one sure punch can kill someone. You, you referee games, um, GAA and uh, and across Camogie as well, Martin. Um, what sort of abuse have you been subjected to? Or what have you experienced on the pitch? What haven't I, Andrea? That is the question. Um I suppose I started when I was 13 years of age. Um, I started actually refereeing in Waterford because I'm right on the Waterford and Kilkenny border and we had no underage structures when I started off. So I did start in Waterford. I suppose my first experience with abuse is I was physically assaulted um, doing an under-12 game. Uh, it progressed up then that you'd be called every name under the sun um, when you're on the sidelines. Now you can pass by some of that. It's majority, you know, clowns that's on the sideline, they don't know what they're talking about the best of time. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've been assaulted three times. Uh, once when I was 12, two when I was doing adult games. As you say, every name under the sun, you'd be called in the whole lot. And now, the only thing I have to say is, majority of this, it has been GAA games. I mean, there's very few games that I refereed actually at Camogie level that I have been subjected to abuse. Okay. Um, so I don't know whether the women is a bit better. I know you were on about the smart speakers and the women that's there. With the, you seem to get a bit more respect and fairness from the women most of the time than okay. you do with the lads. And okay. you know that that's my only experience with it. I haven't had too much problems at uh, refereeing ladies' games, but yeah, no, I've been called every name under the sun. And as I said three times, I have been uh, physically for the better word of use of the, the official guide I have been uh, assaulted Were you okay Martin? Were you injured? Oh yeah uh, No 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 not, not, I've never received a box or anything that way like the, the official guide is physical minor interference and that way on it so I mean I was never punched thanks be to God okay. touch wood okay. um, or anything that way I mean I've known sure. fellas that has been um, yeah. but I mean it, it does shake you up I mean of course it the, does. the last time that it happened to me I literally got in my car and I was physically like shaken with the the fear of like has this really happened and 
you know, I suppose the surprise that it can actually happen mm-hmm. on a field. But like in fairness to Michael Lanigan, I've never experienced um, anything like what uh, was alleged to have happened to him at the weekend. Should referees wear body cameras? Would you be in favour of GoPros, Martin? Or something like that? You see, you're going into different territory now there, Andrea, with GDPR and, you know, all that kind of stuff that's going in. That, no, but um, in, in, in principle, like if, if, if Micheál Martin, the Wexford chairman, says that it's now at crisis point, and you agree with him that it, it has definitely accelerated in, in recent weeks. Are we at a point now that that's where it needs to be, that needs to be looked at? I don't know if it would still deter anyone from doing it. Um, I mean, if we were told in the morning that we have to go and wear GoPro cams, the majority of the referees are going to do it. Nobody is going to say, well, I'm going to quit and I'm not going to wear one. Um, it's the same if a new rule comes in, you have to abide by the new playing rules and that's when it comes into it. I, I just don't know. I, I personally, I don't know about wearing body cams. Um, okay. Well, I just feel you're kind of, everything is scrutinised then. You know, the players in the field are edgy. They are not going to go out and play their game. I mean, some players play on the edge and they might feel, well, if, you know, these their body cams are recording everything that we do and, you know, it can be subject then to disciplinary issues for every game. So, I, I can see pros and cons to it, but okay. I personally well, favour of them. Yeah, let me bring in the former GA president as well, Martin. Uh, Nikki Brennan is with us too on the line today. Uh, Nikki, what's your view on, on GoPros or Go cameras or whatever you want to call them, body cameras for referees? Oh, I don't think they have any place, uh, Andre, at all. I think that, uh, I think the, the present foot range of where, the, I mean, the bear in mind the referee has, uh, generally speaking, now not in every match to be fair, and and in, and this is probably maybe one of the difficulties. In some games, the ref is on his own; he may not have uh, officials with him, umpires, or linesmen. Obviously, where linesmen and umpires are there, they're there to assist the referee to uh, monitor what's actually happening. Um, but at the same time, I think the notion of body cameras and that that that's steering into territory uh, that could cause all sorts of issues. And because uh, we've we got to remember that if if a referee is assaulted, I mean, bear in mind that that's uh, the law of the land comes into play here as well. Well, uh, and I mean, let's be quite clear about it. I mean, I would. Uh, there have been cases recently that have been talked about. I don't know the full extent of them, really, other than what we're seeing in the media. But I mean, if people feel referees or, or others feel they have uh, they, they have been badly treated in terms of what happened to them, well, then the, the law can be brought into play aside altogether from whatever disciplinary action the uh, GA decides to uh, uh, give to the individuals, the perpetrators involved. The issues that we've been talking about, and I mentioned there was Mayo, there was Kerry, and there was an incident in, in uh, two incidents, I think, if not, in Wexford uh, over the course of the weekend. We had another incident in the West as well earlier this month. Yeah, in Roscommon. So, in, in Roscommon, Roscommon yeah. apologies, not Mayo, I should have said it was Roscommon, you're right. And um, so this is now, it's something that happens quite frequently, or certainly we're, we're talking about it, even I notice even myself anecdotally, an awful lot more following weekend games. So is there more should why isn't there um, isn't it being taken more seriously then Nicky I, well, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say it's not being taken seriously I think uh, first of all I think uh, it is serious there's no question about that and certainly the number of cases recently has brought it back to the forefront again but Michal Martin in his comments yesterday he did make the comment not just about the GA he talked about 
as society in general, uh, respect in society in general had broken down. And I think he's actually spot on in relation to the way he uh, the, his comment in relation to that. And that man manifests itself in a number of ways. And uh, one of the ways is on uh, is on the sports field. And uh, while this is about uh, issues with GA, it happens with other sports as well. But in relation to the GA, it is, it is very serious. And I think that uh, county boards have got to lay down the law very, very strictly on that. I think there's a very comprehensive GA rule book there. Many would say that it may be overcomprehensive in that there's too many layers in it. Uh, but, but, I mean, again, as in the court of the land, there's a process there to be gone through. And, uh, yes, players and clubs will use that to the full extent and at times get things turned over. And we, we wonder ourselves within the GA, how in the name of God did that happen? Mm-hmm. But, I mean, when the details are known, you can maybe understand why it did happen. So such, such is, the, uh, is the legal process within the GA as well. Uh, and at times it, uh, it annoys people and it annoys me, you'd say, when some people manage to get off uh, maybe towards the uh, eve of a game very very annoying mm. but I do think that at local level county boards need to uh, look at the referees they need to continue to train referees and not just train them in the, in the rules of the game referees now have got to be trained in all sorts of um, of, of dealing with the, the psychology of, of, of teams and, and players are coming out there very fit in some cases, maybe not so fit in other cases, very determined. They might be careless. Uh, and they need to know how to deal with players on a one-on-one aside altogether from the rules. I'm not sure maybe the training in the GA is adequately, uh, is, is adequately addressing that. And another uh, feature of, of uh, I just nurses in Kilkenny this year, we have the first um, a woman referee refereeing uh, hurling games in Kilkenny. Now, we also have a well-known uh, inter-county woman referee, Liz Dempsey, who does, looks after Camogie as well. But I think that's a good a good development, and I think it might very well be no harm at all if we did see more um, more women refereeing in GA as we do see men refereeing in uh, Camogie and in, uh, in ladies' Gaelic football. Okay. That might be that might help it. But at the end of the day, I think there's a there's a lot more education needed of our referees, and not just about the rules of the game, because they too need to know how to deal with tense situations that arise on a, on, a, on a sports field. Yeah, it strikes me it's some of the spectators who need training though I mean you oh, see no, some of the videos no, and the I'm, stuff I'm, that happens I'm, I'm accepting that entirely yeah. I'm accepting that entirely and, and, and it's, we're at the stage now where not alone penalising the individual that the perpetrator is involved, uh, this may have to go further and penalise the club. And I'm not talking about a financial penalty because that will only fall on a couple of officers to raise the money. That it may very well be that the club will lose access to its home games. It might even be debarred from the following year's championship depending on the severity okay. of the offence. All right. of these things need to be explored as ways yeah. of dealing with well, that's the, an that interesting problem point. That, has, that has got serious. Yeah, I'm sure there's a, a lot of club members would be interested in that view as well, Nicky. Uh, let me bring in Antonio Montero um, because Antonio is a coach at the, the Castle Knock Celtic and he, he was actually the founder of the Silent Sideline and I've been asking people to get in touch today with maybe suggestions or ideas and you've, po- you've uh, pointed to a number of them there, Nicky, ways maybe to deal with this. Antonio, just explain the concept of the Silent Sideline. Well, <clears throat> initially I suppose the idea was, um, was that kind of to prevent and stop all the stream of noise that was coming from the sideline, you know, the overcoaching. Um, that was impacting on on children making decisions while they were trying to to participate and have uh, you know um, during their game. So the idea was that you would have a weekend where coaches and parents would just stand back away from the action, you know, uh, roped off pitches, don't cross the sideline, um, and they would just la- allow children just to play their game and just go from you know mistake to mistake without even knowing it. So we you know you, you wouldn't be allowed you wouldn't be allowed coach, you wouldn't be allowed shared instruction. And um, you certainly wouldn't be allowed, you know, abuse the, abuse the referee. So the idea is that 
if you knew didn't give instruction, you would give it before the game or maybe at half time or, or maybe in moments in the game when, when the game is stopped or, or at the end of the game. So it just allows children to, I suppose, to play their game in, in, in much more of a natural way, um, which, as we know nowadays, is, is, is probably, is actually the way it is now, is probably natural to them now with all the stream of noise and, and the level of abuse that's coming from the sidelines. Would this work, Martin, do you think, in the GA? Uh, well, to be fair, Andre, I think Antonio was on the last day. I was on with Anton as well um, about the silent sidelines. And while in theory I said it was probably a good idea, I mean, if you look back a couple of weeks ago at an under 11 football game below in Kerry that was operating under the silent sidelines and there was no score being taken, a referee had to abandon the game as well because of the fact that he was getting verbally abused, allegedly, by even someone higher up in one of the, the boards that okay. was down there. So. I mean, this is the fear I had with the silent sideline. Like, how was it going to be policed? And if it was going to be policed, was there sanctions to be done if it was breached? And as we can see from that experience two weeks ago, it doesn't seem to work in all cases. I'd have to agree with Nicky on the majority of some of the stuff that he was saying there um, about expulsion for teams. And maybe that's the way to go, that every club has to look after its members as well. One thing I don't agree with him, though, I mean, the referees have enough to be doing going out and refereeing on fields. I mean, if they're going to have to start being psychologists as well to look after managers and, you know, deal with things, they can only deal with what's on the field themselves in front of them. And if they have to start being trained into to dealing with that, that, you know, might be a bit loose or, you know, that they may have uh, other issues going on behind the scenes and they're being brought into uh, to games then as well you're putting more pressure on the referees and eventually referees are just going to say well enough is enough and to hell with this like I'm not going to be doing any more and they'll just quit and then we have an issue that you're not going to have matches going ahead Yeah How do you police the silent sideline Antonio? Well the idea is is that it you know it's not that it happens every single weekend the idea is that it would happen at the start of the season and maybe in, in the in, you know the middle of the season or towards the end of the season just to reinforce the message just to re-educate parents just so people that can just, you know, control themselves on the, on the sidelines and not get so emotionally involved. Um, I think something that could be done is that, you know, you probably find a lot of games that are played over the weekend where you'll see managers and parents that they're actually stepping across the line onto the pitch, giving instructions, maybe in, in a lot of cases, you know, giving their opinions on, on how the referee is refereeing the game. And I think sanctions need to be brought there. I think as soon as a parent or a coach steps, steps onto the field of play without being invited on by the referee, they should be automatically be disciplined, i.e. given a card of some sort, either a yellow card or whatever mm. it is. And if it continues to do it, then they need to be just removed from the pitch yeah. altogether. And yeah. likewise with parents. You'd agree with that, Martin? Uh, I would, yeah. But I, I mean, that instance below in Kerry that uh, the silent sideline was brought in, I mean, what kinds of respect was shown to the referee there? Because he abandoned the game and that game actually continued after he walking off the field with abuse. And a mentor from each side then went and refereed the game as if nothing was after happening in it. So, I mean, what kind of an example is that setting out to the kids and the parents on the sideline that if the referee walks off because he's getting abused, Arthur will just carry on anyway and she will do it herself? You know, I, like, I there's, no, the referee, there's no I think for the referees, there uh, for it. Go on ahead, Antonio. Yeah, I'm sorry, I was just saying for the referees, I think they need to, need to take control of the game and then, you know, maybe they need to, you know, better training in terms of, you know, I spoke to a lot of ref- referees over the last number of days, and, and you know, a lot of them now would, if they if they if they start to encounter verbal abuse or they start to get a rowdy sideline, they'll immediately go over to that sideline and they'll they'll stop it straight away and they'll say, 
you know, if this doesn't stop, the manager will get sent off and the game the game won't be yeah, stopped. Okay. Um, and, and I think that's the only way is, is, to, is that you need to discipline the sideline, you need to discipline the management or whoever it is that's controlling okay. the parents or the person that well, it is that... I see a text in from Brendan actually as well and and he makes the point he says parents who were involved in violent or abusive behaviour on the sideline at any sports matches should be permanently banned from attending matches and their children should also be banned I know it sounds harsh but if the parents realise that their little Johnny or Mary will no longer be allowed to play it'll put manners in a lot of them another texter as well says people should be voting with their feet and voices if the clubs are not reprimanding offenders leave the games don't turn up to support the clubs complain to your own club and county board it's completely unfair and good players who are training all year to play the clubs and county boards are doing nothing to stamp it out I'm a parent of young children and I've had to leave numerous club matches because of vile vulgar language being screamed from the sidelines at the referees threatening violence commenting on their appearance and shouting abuse and it's mainly grown adults it's completely brainless as this texter keep them coming into us 53106 is the number uh, Martin Quilty Nicky Brennan and uh, Antonio Montero thanks a million to you all for joining us here on the programme today we will come back to this a little bit later Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan brought to you by Avant Money weekdays at midday on News Talk.